this is the pre-show for Urban Twinkie, episode one, and this is Family Den Theater. Welcome to Family Den Theater. Don't sound so excited. I feel like we need a trumpet. We can have a trumpet. Yeah, we can definitely put a trumpet in here. Your cat just body slammed me. (laughs) (laughs) He Um, will do that. He has a tendency to like to body slam. Um, so, what is Urban Twinkie, and why Why do we need an intro? Um, Urban Twinkie has become the first narrative story for uh, this episode. It just kind of fell into place. So, Urban Twinkie is a story that I wrote in 2010 uh, in college. Um, it originally started as a joke. Uh, at the time, I was thinking about doing stand-up and <clears throat> always trying to find bits. Um, and I thought it would be funny to have a, a bit about an urban hamster, just because I thought it sounded <laughs> funny. I don't know, and that was the joke. It was, a, it was like, I'm working on a story called Urban Hamster. It's about a hamster trying to make it in the big city. And that was it. It's stupid, but... Um, for some reason, Urban Twinkie popped into my head one day, just sure. playing yeah. with it, and then the whole story kind of fell into place. Of course, there. yeah, Urban Twinkie, uh, Urban uh, Hamster, Urban Twinkie. The second I heard Urban Hamster or Urban Twinkie in my head, I kind of knew, already knew the story. I knew exactly, huh, like where it was supposed, to, like what it was supposed to be. Um, and so I've just been sitting on it like a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> You've been uh, laying this egg and. Yeah. Uh, roosting on it for quite a while quite a few years since obama was president (laughs) oh man he was well into his first term then yeah was that uh 2010 ish yeah yeah um so yeah so here's the story i mean here's what yeah this is the this is the um table read for the first uh 15-ish minutes of the story yes and uh, very early kind of more of a prologue yeah. No, we don't really get into the meat too much of what's actually coming or what could potentially be coming, and it's more of a beginning. Yeah, I we I really shoehorned Matt into wanting to start more towards the beginning of the story instead of kind of dropping in later. Uh, so we'll get to know the characters a little bit uh, from earlier on in their relationship, uh, and it makes for a a uh, much more interesting story, I, I hope. And we have two fantastic uh, voices helping us out. We have uh, Elena is doing the voice of Otis. Otis. And uh, Kingsley is uh, David. Yep. And uh, we also have a little intro song for you as well. We hope you enjoy, and we'll talk to you again in a bit. Bye. For now. Hee hee hee.
Tis a peculiar honor to watch the world end. I was indeed the only to receive the honor, but it was an honor. I watched the lights of New York City go out like dying stars, never again to shine. Before they turned it off forever, they said on television, there was no more gasoline left. I watched the internet go dark. Dry the ground up and purge all life from it. Mother Earth no longer gave to us, and we were tasked to save human life. We failed. No surprise. With humanity no longer an option, I, the sole survivor, focused on furthering any intelligent life. In my desperation, I created something. Something new. Something equally peculiar. Unfortunately, my solution, my creation, was flawed. What I created was volatile, dying slowly from the moment of its inception. I had few options. It needed a host. The only viable host, a partially organic substance. My lab, at one point, to be food. A snack, it was called. But it worked. And my Kingsley was born. I raised him even as I was dying. He learned quickly. I left him. I left him as the final hope for planet Earth. Or this new planet, whatever it may be. I hope that it provides for him our ruin. But he must succeed first. He is the only hope. But life finds a way. Looking back, I don't remember much. Sometimes I wake up smelling. Doc's lab only to find ash and black dirt. There was this one time he turned the generator on. I'd been begging to know stuff about television and human stuff. But then they almost found us. And he never turned the generator on again. I guess he learned a hard truth that day. But not me. I had still whined about SpongeBob SquarePants and stupid kid stuff. I guess all things considered, though. Duck's mission worked better than it ever should have. We are still alive. Battles fought and scars to show, but tomorrow's coming and tomorrow ain't guaranteed in this purple world. <clears throat> I guess if I think really hard, my earliest moments are 
Otis, but always Otis, and walking, always walking. Kingsley board waddles slowly, head down, behind an oafish cyborg possumed named Otis. Their steps kick up gray dust swirls into a purple sky. Think something Van Gogh would paint on acid. Otis may look like your standard possum, except for her sleek, high-tech metal legs and belly. Oh, and half her face is metal, too. And one last thing, her eye glows a kind of rose gold, and her other eye is baby blue. Kingsley is a Twinkie, or he was a Twinkie. Think of the Twinkies you know and love, add legs, arms, eyes, hair, etc. He's almost human, and some type of humanoid, I guess, would be more accurate. And fairly tall for a Twinkie, but no more than, like, two feet. But still clearly a Twinkie in clothes. Time is funny, with no world to dictate. They aren't sure how long they've been together. Maybe a month, maybe a year. It's early in their story, and fair warning, Kingsley is still a kid, so cut him some slack. Besides, every hero's journey still starts in diapers. Kingsley stumbles down dramatically to one knee. Duh! Oh, come on. We're almost there. But I want real food, Oats. <laughs> you know the rules. But why, please? Uh, you know the answer to that, too. Do you see any other options? Do you see something delicious to eat? Kingsley, for some unknown kid reason, giggles at the word delicious. Until he looks at Otis with a mischievous gleam in his eyes. He darts towards Otis, arms outstretched and wild-eyed. Suddenly, Kingsley starts gnawing on one of Otis's legs like a chicken bone. <laughs> Delicious! Again, Otis's legs are covered in metal, so drool forms around Kingsley's mouth and spills out onto the cracked pavement. It looks more like teething than eating. Otis nudges Kingsley off her leg and plops down onto her butt. From her big metal belly, she opens a drawer and pulls out a strange syringe. Are you freaking serious? I'm already covered in teeth marks. She watches him a moment. There's a kind of love here that is impossible not to see, and we linger until... Hey, kiddo. What? Do you want a fucking cheeseburger? <laughs> no thanks. That's not even a real cheeseburger, remember? I saw the Burger King, and we saw the picture on the thing that had a cheeseburger on it, and you said it was delicious, and how Doc always made them sometimes, and... Otis grabs Kingsley's cheeks, cheeks and squishes them up, shoving the syringe into his mouth. She presses, presses a button and a strange green goop cascades down his throat. Ugh, gross. Another beat as Kingsley gags and Otis puts, in the, puts, puts the syringe up. That was a bad cheeseburger. Uh, sorry dude, Doc's orders. He's gonna run towards death at every opportunity. He's a child, Otis. Take care of him. Keep him alive. He's our only hope.
Otis is well in front of Kingsley when he finally looks up from playing in the dirt, eyes getting heavy. <laughs> hey, Oats! Otis is ignoring him. Guess what? I'm not even hungry anymore. Yeah? Did it taste like a cheeseburger? Oh, heck yeah. Like a Burger King. Oats, you think I'll ever get to eat a Burger King? <laughs> no. A king, a Burger King wasn't something you ate. It was a place that you ate at. It was called a restaurant. I mean, I don't know, maybe if we ever get this broken world back up and running. Otis looks behind her. Kingsley is still walking, but his head is bowed and we hear a light snore. Otis waits for him to catch up and gently picks him up. Her metal tail starts to, begins to vibrate. It shrinks and expands until shaped something like a rocket. A pink glow builds from its tail-shaped booster until boom. They are high up in the air flying above the destruction. We stay and watch them fly away framed by the purple sunset. Or maybe it's a sunrise. Who knows, right? Exterior, small, empty town, night-ish. Fucking shit, where did he go? He was right here. Otis is hauling ass through a deserted town. Think something like an old western town, one street lined with storefronts. A single stoplight town. Otis is running along the sidewalk, broken windows and blackened bricks fly past her. She's searching feverishly for Kingsley when we hear something crash in the distance behind her. Otis skids to a stop and looks. Nothing. She turns and continues to run around a corner. Nothing again. All that's left is a street leading to a few charred mobile homes and forgotten cars standing like totems. Suddenly, Otis hears a scurrying from somewhere nearby. She barrels towards the nearest rust-colored mobile home and slams into the door, toppling into a fucking mess. The floors are littered with clinkling bottles and trash. The home is what you would expect from your average long-forgotten trailer home. Faded gray shag carpet under a nasty crumbling ceiling, all leading to a tiny kitchen filled mostly with linoleum and fake wood cabinets. From outside, the purple light leaks through the shattered windows and fills the home with an odd, muddled glow. I know Doc said to avoid the human shit, but like, he's not gonna find out. She picks, she picks up an old Zippo lighter on the floor and manages to flick on a large flame. Ooh, fire. As she holds up the flame, the room fills with an orange glow. Suddenly, a brown blur bursts from somewhere and knocks her off her feet. As she falls, the Zippo zooms across the floor like a hockey puck. The brown thing runs up the wall and jumps out the nearest window. What the fuck? Not this soon. Where's Kingsley? She runs over to pick up the lighter, but it's already lit a piece of trash aflame. She attempts to stamp it out, but it's too late and it's spreading. Otis falls out the front door and bumbles to her feet. She hurries around to the back of the home. Nothing. Of course this is happening now and Kingsley is God knows where. Funny enough. Otis!
on. Are you gonna ask me about the early days? Fine. I mean, shit, I was young too. Doc made me about two human years before Kings, right? Ah, uh, who knows? I can barely remember yesterday. So, like, he's my brother in a way? Granted, our dad was a drunk. Brilliant, sure. The greatest mind the humans ever produced? Possibly. Did he also turn a treadmill into a sex bot? Yeah. I guess the early days were a mess, honestly. Kingsley was a little shit. I know, I know, shocking. Our fearless leader. He just complained constantly. I'm tired, Oats. My butt feels weird, Oats. Can you really fart in your dreams, Oats? I love that nickname now. But geez, it was like a constant mantra. A mantra from hell. Someone mumbles a question and there's a shuffle of paper. When did Kingsley grow up? That's easy. The first time he ever saw a rope. Exterior, small empty town, earlier same day. Let's go back to right after Kingsley managed to go missing. We watch as Kingsley and Otis are running down the same street from earlier. Without warning, Kingsley suddenly veers off into an alley. He stops, resting his back against the brick wall. From afar, we hear the shuffle of Otis's metal feet until silence. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the Kingsley board sideshow. We see Kingsley peer his head around the corner, and we see Otis's tail bouncing away down the road, still running. From Kingsley's point of view, we see him scan the street with its destroyed storefronts until he sees one in particular, Farmer Joe's hardware and apparel. Oh, well, Mama needs a new hammer. Cut to the interior of Farmer Joe's hardware and apparel. Just moments later, Kingsley walks down one of the few aisles left in the old store. The shelves are tall, seeming to tower over him. The darkness is thick and palpable. Kingsley slings off his mint green backpack and pulls out a long silver flashlight. It clicks on. The light from the artificial bulb and batteries seems truly foreign in this new world. Like a magic wand, Kingsley holds the flashlight up, throwing spooky shadows across the rotting store. In a way, it feels, feels more like a long-forgotten cave than any empty hardware store. Hmm, what did I come all the way in here for again? Oh, geez, I came all this way, and now I can't even remember why I came in. Oh, I know little Timmy needs some new nails for his bed, because he's a little shit. Kingsley continues to wander through the aisles. The shelf's mostly barren, but not entirely. A handful of items are scattered around the ground. Kingsley bends down and picks up a ratty-looking magazine. Almanac. The hell's an almanac? Kingsley glances through the few pages, finding the words he can make out. I guess farmers grew food? And animals? Did animals grow in the ground? Oh look, a weather report. Spoiler alert. The weather for the upcoming apocalypse is purple and acid rain on the nice days. Coming soon to humanity. A door creaks from deep within the store. 
Kingsley freezes, dropping the magazine. All we see now is the circle of his flashlight sliding across the room, showing nothing. Okay, Kings, be cool. Remember the story I just told you about St. Keanu? Just be like Keanu. Yeah, Kings, be like Keanu. Kingsley continues to search around, not finding anything until he spots a short hallway leading to an open door, slowly swinging on its hinges. Um, maybe it's just the wind, right? Is there even a such thing as indoor wind? Kingsley lets out a low, long, squeaky fart. I am the indoor wind. Kingsley, now standing in front of the door, peers down a set of dingy steps. We see nothing but total darkness, seeming to want to swallow the light hole, and his little legs start shaking. I wonder what Doc would say now. Kings, don't forget to tie your shoes before going into battle. No great warrior should trip to his death. He should stand and die fighting. Like Keanu, Kingsley. Be like Keanu. Kingsley slowly walks down the surprisingly quiet and sturdy steps. Makes sense, I guess, it is a hardware shop. As he stands on the bottom of the steps, we watch his flashlight as it moves across the basement walls. The room, still mostly bare, minus a few leftover items you'd normally find in a basement. Not a sound is heard until the shadow, until from the shadows comes a haggard, nasally breath. Well, seems a little treat has stumbled into my humble hovel. What do we have here? Kingsley screams and then yells, oh, Otis! The voice comes from an enormous cardboard box in the corner. Kingsley tries to shine a light into the hole, but whatever is in there is too far back. Suddenly, the unknown creature crawls out, revealing a giant fucking cockroach. For a moment, it seems to sliver on its belly until out of the box, until it rears up on its lower legs, standing over Kingsley. Otis! Who is Otis? Friend of yours? Wonder if he found my friend. Mmm, I hope so. I am hungry. But, then again, maybe we won't need to share. Seems since fortune has shined on us again this day. Kingsley drops the flashlight. As it rolls across the ground, it reveals the shadowy corner filled with other cockroach corpses. Cannibals. Kingsley slowly looks up, seeing the shiny brown body of the roach. His face, still bug-like, has morphed from all the chemicals in time. An organic creature still, but not quite the same. The roach smiles, a face full of toxic fangs, and as he pulls his head back, ready to strike, Kingsley suddenly reveals an old hammer from his backpack. And a hammer held by his small body really looks like an actual warhammer. And so, Kingsley swings up in a desperate effort. The hit lands, kind of. It knocks the roach off his feet just long enough for Kingsley to flee towards the stairs. And he's almost to the top when a brown, spiny hand grabs his ankles. He's being pulled down when Otis launches over Kingsley and tackles the roach. They scuffle for a moment until Otis sneezes out a pink phlegm ball right in the roach's face. And yes, Otis also sneezes acidic snot. The roach's face dissolves in a state of agony, and it screams out for a moment and goes silent. 
Kingsley, now at the top of the stairs, is stunned. Uh, look alive, dipshit. We gotta fucking bounce. Uh, I'm fine, I think. I'm fine. I think. That was a bug, right? It was a bug. I don't know what it is now. Doc never had the chance to find out. Wait, what do you mean? You, did you know about these things? He warned me about them. I just never seen one until today. Uh, I'm not just your babysitter, Kings. Newsflash, I'm your cyborg bodyguard? Otis climbs the stairs quickly and grabs Kingsley. Uh, he said he had a friend here, Otis. Otis stops. Then we'd better go, right? He feared they wouldn't travel alone. The strongest would survive off the weakest until they died or found a food source. Today it seems they found that food source. Wait, what's the food source? They're outside now, and the sky is still a hazy purple. You still got that hammer? Sure, why? So you don't get eaten, kiddo. Fortunately, I know what to do next. Uh, which way to Denver, you think? Otis grabs Kingsley and launches into the air, flying off into the world. Alone, but together. Because remember, tomorrow ain't guaranteed in this world. Thank you again to our two guest actors, Elena and David. Uh, we appreciate your wonderful services, and we look forward to continuing to do more of these yeah. uh, as time goes on. This is not the only episode of Urban Twinkie. And if you uh, actually sat there and listened to all of that, I genuinely appreciate it. I have been... We both do. Yes. Yes. I'm just, yeah. I'm very rusty, as I was talking earlier. So it's, I'm hoping to only get a little tighter as I go. Well, we can't all get tighter as we go. Well, you can. Kick keggles. <laughs> tell me later. But I don't, I don't want you to tell me now. <laughs> um, yes. So we greatly appreciate everyone that, that, that did listen, and thank you for everyone that was involved. It was a lot of fun. It was a ton of fun. I think that we also learned a lot, and yeah. um, the more that we do this, the the more fun that it'll keep being, and uh, we want to involve all of you out there as well. Yes, uh, I am. Yeah, we have an email address. It's familydentheater at gmail dot com. Elder millennials. Yes. Here we are. And we should email be, addresses. You can always when the podcast will always be found wherever, but you know, podcasts are fine. I think we're on eight different platforms, so. Wow. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, that's that's just that's some, a lot of platforms, by the way. Just some plugs. M many many plugs. Some A Mario plugs. level platforms. Ooh, I don't, I don't Samus. Know. Debatable. Um, so it's been, you know, almost a decade for you having held on to that story. Mm -hmm. Finally, getting to put it out into the world. How do you feel now? I'm just happy for it. I, I feel it's one of those stories that's that I'm I'm very I hold near and dear, but I'm also ready for it to just go 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 be. 
Yeah. Like you don't. I, I, I'm tired of holding on to you. Like I, I want to be involved, and I'll yeah. write as much sure. as the story wants to, and in whatever platform it, it exists, I want to you know be involved. But it's not one that I'm like. I'm just. I think of the older I get, the less um, possessive I am of even my own ideas. Because mm. I'm like, if you know, I would like credit because I do have an ego, but it's sure. fairly small. Everyone does. Um, I have tried for the past ten years to get rid of that nagging side of your voice that you know tells you about fame and glory and, and all that kind of shit. And well, like, and that's part of the point of this podcast, honestly, is to eschew those ideas of being interested in fame and glory and being interested in things being perfect and exact. And the point is involving people and uh, telling our stories that we've held on to and that we've uh, kept secret. And um, we want to make sure that we're um, hearing all of uh, your voices as well so yeah if there's a story that you want to tell we want this to be a vehicle for you yep so bring us your stories bring us your bring us your stories we're the uh the statue of liberty but bring we're us. a little bit a little bit more uh slutty she, you know she was oh, very sure. modest <laughs> yeah she was very modest what if the, what if for, like... for welcoming all people what? She was extremely modest. What if the what if the what if the one that French sent it sent that to us, or whatever whoever sent it to us? It was the French. What if the first time it was naked or something, and we were like, "Oh, hey, <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a great gift." Got the uh, where do you out New York? <laughs> we were thinking like Utah. Maybe. Oh boy, um, well. Uh, Grecian art isn't quite, uh, they're like, no, what a friend. Well, Grecian art <laughs> is not quite accepted yet, and, um, the nude figure, and, Does she have yeah. any tassels? Can we get some tassels? <laughs> <laughs> if it's, uh, if the nipples are covered, then we approve, of course, but, uh, if there is an expose of nipples, then we cannot, because the nipple is... Forbidden. Yes, but the nipples are pointing north. <laughs> it's for the sailors. Oh, good. Well, yes. Uh, please, uh, Did you hear me? Did you hear me not even try to do a French accent? <laughs> I was like, I'm not. I, I can't even pretend oh, to well. do it. That's okay. But I I think... <laughs> Sorry. We are, we are the Statue of Liberty, a little bit less clothed. Um, we want to have all of your stories. So... Please, again, uh, send us a line. Do people do that? Yeah. The only way you can get in touch with us is through a fax machine. (laughs) And it's at... uh, If you use the Pony Express. It's at my old high school, so it's really hard to get there. But if you send it, I might get it. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you for listening. Uh, It was a ton of fun uh, having people involved with us. And uh, getting to engage in their stories and their truths. And we're excited for all of the future episodes of Urban Twinkie and more Family Den Theater soon to follow. So thank you again. Thank you. Bye. Bye.